Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dayo Ademo. trusting God that in this season a new season has come for you in the name of Jesus Christ come on give him glory and praise in Jesus mighty name what a wild time in the presence of God worshiping God let's appreciate Jesus hallelujah wonderful wonderful I want to greet you I want to greet everybody watching all over the world in our local vicinity and in the nations of the world. I want to say happy Good Friday to you and your family. May the death of Jesus Christ put an end to COVID-19 pandemic and all other diseases in the name of Jesus Christ. At the cross, he declared, it is finished. That's in John 19, verse 30. As his servant this wonderful evening I pray over you. I declare over you, I pronounce that COVID-19, its fears, its activities, its operations, its afflictions are paralyzed and terminated forever in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray over you that an end indeed has come to its, evic its eviction notice has been given and an end has come to it in the name of Jesus. He, Jesus, has paid the price in full and that is what we are celebrating over this weekend. So therefore, congratulations. We shall witness many more Good Fridays as the Lord tarries in the name of Jesus. I want to say I love you from the depth of my heart. So get your Bibles and your writing materials this afternoon as we journey in digging deeper into the Word of God in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. I'm so excited this wonderful Friday evening. Uh, I want to thank God for your lives. Uh, it's been a while we have been doing this series on the Believer's Authority. Today is the part seven of this series, and we are going to deal with two major things tonight by the grace of God, as we are increasing the knowledge layer by layer. I would have loved to do a summary, but I want tonight to be as short as possible so that you can continue enjoying the celebration of Good Friday, even with your family at home. I want to share with you in this seventh series, two major things. Number one, 
Concerning the believer authority, I want to share about the authority you have. The authority over demon spirits and not human wills. Sometimes when we learn about this authority, we feel that we have authority over the will of a human being as well. No, you do not. Praise God. We're going to deal with that. And some questions have come in already. I want to quickly say that uh, those of us that have questions, even during this broadcast, you can quickly shoot the questions. If uh, on our um, YouTube channel, there's a chat, um, there's a chat section there. Just quickly register if you haven't registered as as person who has a chat online, and then you can also just drop in your comments or drop in a question if you have one. Let us just bow down our heads to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for how you have been helping us in this series, how you have been opening our eyes of understanding to see deeper into the things you have made available for us and you have given us authority that you expect us to exert even to your second coming. And we thank you, we are grateful, even as we are learning and you are giving us revelation into the word that gives us and opens us up to this authority. Give us the boldness to constantly and continually exercise them, especially in the period of pandemic that we are. Help every one of your children to stand strong in the authority you have given them. And Lord God of heavens, to enjoy the fullness of the new creation reality that they are. Thank you, Father, for opening us up into the deep things of God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And the people of God said, Amen. So the first thing I want to um, open you up to today is the authority over demon spirits and not human wills. Sometimes people's physical conditions don't respond to prayer and laying on of hands because evil spirits are involved. Yes, God has given you authority. God has given you authority. God has given you power. He has given you authority, which you can exert in his name, and so on and so forth, that you can exercise. But sometimes, for example, when you are to minister to somebody who is sick, yes, you have authority, you have power, but this person is sick. You have prayed, I mean, laying of hands and you have laid hands you have prayed but nothing has happened and then you begin to want to doubt the authority no that is not what to do at such a time because evil spirits are involved that is why that human body is not responding to prayer then there is something to do when such things happen this is in no way mean by anything because it, uh, number one, it doesn't mean this person is possessed. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean the person is possessed by devils, but they can be oppressed by devils. So in situations like this, the evil spirit must be dealt with first. That is what you deal with first. If evil spirits are involved, you deal with that evil spirit first. You exert and you exercise your authority over the evil spirit. In situations like this, the evil spirit must be dwelt with first. The individual will then be able to receive the healing. We have authority over demons as far as our lives and the lives of our family are concerned. 
You don't need to uh, get authority on that one. You have power. You have authority. When it comes to your own family, when it comes to the life of your own children, bowels from you. When it comes to your spouse, you have authority. Hello? Praise God. Amen? So, the individual... So, we have authority over demons as far as our, our lives and the lives of our families are concerned. But we do not have authority over people in general. Don't have authority over people in general. Praise God. We can't cast out demons out of people that we pass by on the street or casually come in contact with. No. Their wills are involved. Their wills are involved. So therefore, if, you don't, if, if they don't want to be set free, we can't exercise any authority over the devil in them. On the other hand, if they want to be free, they can give us permission to exercise authority in their lives, and then we can do so. I hope you understand what I'm teaching you today that there are boundaries and there are barriers. When you meet people for the first time, for example, you just don't go and start casting out devils out of them because you have authority. No. You don't have authority over people's will. If you start exercising authority over people's will, then that has crossed boundary. It becomes a demonic operation. Hello? So you exercise authority over the ones God has given. You have God-given permission over your family, over your, your children. You do have permission over those things, over those demons. You don't need to take authority in that area. You don't need to take permission, sorry. But when it's people out there, people you don't have a relationship, so to speak, with, you need permission. And when you have that permission, then you can exercise your God-given authority over them. I want to quickly give you some facts about your God-given authority when it comes to relating with this cosmos. Number one, I'm going to give you about ten facts. Number one, you have authority over demons, but not over another person's will. You have authority over demons. The authority Jesus gave to you and I. In Matthew 28, as he dictated, that all authority had been given to him, and he gave the same authority to us. And in his name, we should go and make disciples of all nations. When he gave that authority to us, that authority is over demonic forces, over principalities, over powers, over the devil himself. It's not over human wills. Amen. Number two, if someone doesn't want to be helped, we can't help them. No doubt. The first assignment is convince them to be helped. Praise God. Number three. It is within our authority to break the power of the devil over family members 
in our life, over any family member's life, it is within our God-given authority, it is within our jurisdiction to break the demonic operations over their lives. Did you get that? Amen. Number four, we know from the Bible that we have spiritual authority, but we must depend on the Holy Spirit to help us in ministering that authority. We must, I will repeat that. From the Bible, it is clear, and I'm going to explain that later, that we have authority, but we must depend on the Holy Spirit to help us in ministering that authority. We can't do it by ourselves. A lot of people make mistakes in this area. We make mistakes. We make mistakes. There are several times in my life, I want to thank God, I'll just go with this last one. Uh, when we were just being given, uh, when something happened of recent that is troubling the whole world, the pandemic that has just been released, and it happened at a time that, I mean, a lot of believers had been praying since the beginning of this year, a lot of churches, a lot of people praying, and uh, it came. The first thing to do is not just to rush into prayer and start praying. No. I want to thank God we waited on him for strategy and instruction. In fact, we took time. I spoke to my leaders. I said, God hasn't spoken yet. God hasn't given me the instruction. But be prepared. We are going to do something, definitely. We are going to pray. But let us wait on him for instruction from on high. And when we waited on him, he gave us a scripture. He said, for five days, we are going to humble ourselves before him and pray. And he gave us a scripture. According to 2 Kings chapter 19, he gave us that word. And he, he, he opened us to see that, first of all, situations like this require his intervention. He explained to us. You can see all this in 2 Kings chapter 19. He said... <coughs> The first thing that is going to happen is going to require his intervention. And in his intervention, there is something that it provokes. He said he has a zeal. He said his zeal brings it to pass. And it led us to this story in 2 Kings chapter 19, whereby a man whom you can relate to the spirit of coronavirus, Sennacherib, he came, he boasted, he told, uh, he said he was going to take uh, Israel out. He had warned Israel that, look, all the other gods of other nations failed them. Who told you your own God will rescue you? He made all different kind of boasts. But you see, one thing that Ezekiah did was that he cried unto the Lord. In verse 20, you can see it. God started responding to him. He said, because he prayed. He said, because he prayed. He said, because he prayed. He said, because he prayed, he was going to do something. That which thou hast prayed unto me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. God said he heard. 
And he told us how to pray. He said, you humble yourself in fasting. God gave those instructions one after the other. He said, this is how you get to invoke my zeal. And after we got all the instructions, you can see also he led us to Joel chapter 2. He said, he said, don't let people ask us where is our God. Because that's what they were asking. That was what Sennacherib was asking. He said, where is your God? Who will deliver you in this battle? And after we have cried unto God, after we cried, and in verse 28, he told us, he said, that he's going to go the same way he came. He's going to go the same way he came. And God says, okay, based on 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7, he said, so humble yourself before God, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will do what? He will flee from you. So we submitted ourselves to God in fasting and in prayer. Then we started pushing back based on the principle of God's word. We started pushing back. And to the glory of God by today, we can see that in our nation, God is in control. We can see that he has taken over. We can see that the curve, although we haven't gotten to where we are, I mean, it hasn't revealed where we are going, but we can see it is no longer worse. It can only start coming down in the name of Jesus. Death row, the rate of which people are recovering now is faster, is better, is greater. I was speaking to a friend of mine, a professor at, at, uh, at Detroit, in the, state, um, um, in the hospital in Detroit there. He said they had 1,978 cases. But by the grace of God, as of yesterday, when we were speaking, they had been reduced to 1,100 and something. They only have 700 cases left. All those 1,900 has been reduced to 700. All the 1,100 have been discharged and they've been set free. Why? Because coronavirus is being reduced. The power is being stripped off. Now, how did we get here? Simply, wait on the Lord for instructions. That's the best thing to do. Wait on the Lord for the instructions. Don't be in a hurry. Let it be crystal clear. Praise the Lord. What God want, and what God told us is, yes, we are going to push him back. And we can see the power of God pushing him back in the name of Jesus. By the power of God's spirit, I'm glad to announce to you, he has packed his bag and baggages and is leaving the surface of this earth in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If we try to exercise our authority to see if it will work, it will not work. That's number five. If you are trying to see, God did not call us to try. He said, he said do, not try. What should you do? Do, not try. Many people are in trial and error. No, God did not call us to a life of trial and error. He called us to come and do his word. So don't try to exercise your authority. Do exercise your authority. Number six. When people are in places like a church conference where the faith is high, for example, whether it's a conference, whether it's a prayer conference, whether it's a prayer meeting, where the faith is high or where gifts of the spirit are in operation, it's easy for them to be healed. Isn't it so? It's easy. 
Because the spirit of God has been stirred up. Number seven, it is when a person doesn't have a solid foundation of faith that the devil, that's when the devil can easily put sickness on them. Put sickness back on them when they have been healed. When you are not grounded in faith. That's why sometimes in this ministry, for example, we believe a lot in healing and in the healing power of God. That is why when we are doing crusades or meetings like that, we have something called the healing school. The healing school is to ground you in the knowledge of God's truth so that when your healing comes, that your healing belongs to you, you don't let the enemy steal it back. So a lot of people sometimes they say, oh, they got healed, but uh, they got healed in that meeting, but uh, something happened after. You don't let the devil steal it, Amen. Must be grounded in faith. Praise God. Number eight, the Bible differentiates between casting out devils, healing the sick. Uh, sorry, the devil differentiates, I mean, the Bible differentiates between casting out devils and healing the sick. In some cases, a spirit must be cast out before a person can be healed. That's true. That's what I started with. A person, the demons sometimes have to be cast out before a person can be healed. Praise God. Because it might be a demonic operation. That's why you don't jump and just lay hands. No, no. Wait on the Lord. Let the Lord instruct you on what to do. I've, I've witnessed, I mean, witness meetings where we'll have people who have uh, mental sickness. That's one of the pandemics we'll deal with in these last days too. Mental sickness. And sometimes there's a mental sickness. You just don't go and say because you have, you have authority, lay hands and so on. No. You have to wait on the Lord. Sometimes two hours in worship before the Lord speaks and say this is what you do. Hallelujah. Amen. So we can take, number nine, we can take authority over volatile situations where we are in. And the spirit behind them has to obey. Has to obey. Number ten, we are told to resist the devil. If we don't, someone else can't resist the devil for us. It's our own personal responsibility to resist the devil. I see you resist the devil in this season, and I see him flee from your territory in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, say a good amen. And that leads me to the next one that I want us to conclude with today. So the first one, the first point I made to you today that I don't want you to forget is that you have authority over demon spirits and not human wills. You have authority over demonic spirits and not human wills. Now, the second point is about true spiritual warfare. True spiritual warfare. True spiritual warfare. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. True spiritual warfare. 
From the early days of the church, the church has always been in spiritual warfare. We have always engaged in spiritual warfare. By looking at the examples that were set before us in the Bible, we can see that we can be successful in our stand against the devil today, including the foul spirit of coronavirus and so on and so forth. We can be victorious. That's what I want you to see today. You have victory because this is, the Bible says, whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. And he talks about faith. He says, it's you that you have believed that Jesus is the son of God. When you have believed that in Jesus Christ, the Bible says, you are programmed, you are designed. Your DNA that works inside of you is not for defeat anymore. Come on, saints, I want you to get this revelation. You cannot be defeated. Not because you are good looking, not be, although you are good looking, I know that. You are, you are handsome, you are beautiful, praise God. I know that you have all those qualities, but it's not because of those things. It's because of what Jesus has done. And that settles it. If you believe what he has done, it settles it. No demon, no principality, no power can take you out. You have the authority, you have the power to put the devil where he belongs. And let me hear you say he belongs underneath my feet. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. From early days of the church, we have been involved in warfare. And if we follow the example of the early church, we will see that we ourselves will be experiencing unusual victory every day of our lives. Acts chapter 3 records the story of a man who was lame from his mother's womb. In the gate called beautiful, he laid every day, but his life was not beautiful. Every day the man sat at the entrance of the gate called beautiful, begging for arms. And one day Peter and John were going, and he begged them. He asked them, do they have anything for him? And the Bible says in Acts 3 verse 6, he says, silver and gold I have none, but such as I have, I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says, this man who had been lame from his mother's womb, immediately jumped up on his feet and began walking. He began walking. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Uh, don't forget, I'm teaching on this part is true True warfare, true spiritual warfare is what I'm making the second point. The true spiritual warfare. How do you, true spiritual warfare. Ah, look at this miracle. Peter boldly preached Christ to those who were in the temple. His message so outraged the chief priests and elders that they had Peter and John arrested. Not only were they arrested, they were beaten and they were told, instructed sternly that they must not preach the gospel anymore. When they were told that they should not preach the gospel anymore, see what they did. Acts chapter 4, verses 24 to 31. See what they did. And when the company of disciples heard that they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God and with one accord said, Lord, 
thou art God, which has made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that there is, whom the mouth of the, thy servant David has said, why did the hidden range and why did the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ, against his anointed. For, for a, of a truth against the holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy cancer determined to do to be done. Verse 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak the word. By stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Hallelujah. What did they ask for in that prayer? They asked that they might speak the word of God with boldness, because what the chief priests and co did was to threaten them was to instill fear in them. And they resisted fear. And they said, no to fear. It's boldness we will speak. And after they had prayed, they received the boldness. Glory be to God. But notice the strategy I want to show you today in true spiritual warfare. There was a war in this matter. What simply happened? They just fulfilled the scripture. And because they fulfilled the scripture, in laying hands on the sick and the sick recovering and they were able to preach the word of God with confidence and boldness because they had results, the enemy wanted to push back. The enemy threatened them. And naturally what they should have done was to go back to their caves and cages. But they fought back. They fought back. I want you to say from your home, I will fight back. Yeah, because you see, when you are doing the word of God, the enemy will fight back. And he fights back with many things. This time he's fighting back with threat and fear. Same as uh, the new pandemic in the world. The fear of the pandemic is killing more people than the pandemic itself. Fear is a tool that the enemy uses against saints. Fear from its acronym. Is false evidence appearing real? F-E-A-R. That is fear. Fear is not real. Praise God. Humans, in your human frailty, you will fear. It's natural. It's second nature to man to fear. But let me tell you something. You are not a natural man. You are a spiritual man. And that is where you should kick in your supernatural to get rid of fear. What happened to these folks was that they also feared. That's why they went to pray. And that's why they asked for boldness, to overcome the fear, because fear is just false evidence appearing real. Now, this is where I'm going today, ladies and gentlemen. Notice these Christians, they never dealt with the devil. 
yet. Instead, they talked to God about how big he was. Look at them when they started the prayer in verse 24. They were all there talking about God, how great God is, how powerful God is. They first exalted their God. They first worshipped him. They first called his holy name. They first gave praises to him and blessed him for who he is. Praise God. Did you see that? It was until verse 29, they were now started, they started mentioning uh, what, I mean, reporting the situation to God, what the devil was doing. Notice that they never dealt with the devil. Instead, they talked about God and how big he was. They brought his words to him. It wasn't until verse 29 that they mentioned their problem. Nowadays, people will often talk more about the devil than they do about God. More right now, more people are talking about coronavirus than Jesus Christ. You don't know who is more popular around the world today, whether it's Jesus or coronavirus. People are talking more, even in the body of Christ, many people are talking more about this virus than, than God himself. Praise God. And this is what happens sometimes to us that we need to be careful about. The way they talk, you would think, you would think Jesus did nothing on the cross of Calvary. The way people are talking about this pandemic. Yes, it's serious. Yes, it's real. Yes, it's no joke. But my God is bigger. And your God is bigger. Anything. Praise God. As if Jesus did not do anything when he died. The Bible says he rose from the dead and he spawned principalities and powers and he made a public show of death, including coronavirus. He has stripped him of his power. What we need to do is exercise our authority that, hey, Mr. Coronavirus, you have been stripped of your power. And over these five days as a church, we have been re-emphasizing, we have been stripping him of his power. We have been enforcing what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. And we see him go away in the name of Jesus. When people talk so much about the devil, we keep on magnifying Satan. We give him greater degrees than he deserves. What great difference it will make if we stop talking about the devil and we start talking about our God. And instead even to talk to God, instead of talking about the devil, to talk to God. This was what they did. This was the strategy of their warfare. They had discussions with God. They prayed to God. They talked about God. They exalted God. They blessed God. They gave God all the glory and praise. I believe, Lord, I believe saints of God, it is time we strategize to talk more about God, to praise God more, to worship him more, to know him for who he is and what he is. Hallelujah. Praise God. I told you about an incident of a, men, a mental illness of for hours in the presence of God until God gave a particular instruction. We didn't... The person was not even attended to. Praise God. 
Oh, Jesus, we are in for a big time in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Some of us, we need to be careful that we don't take our Christianity and our spiritual warfare to a level that is not biblically correct anymore. Some Christians have taken it far beyond, I mean, reasonable, reasonable, reasonable things. They scream, they yell at the devil at the top of their voices as if it's the decibel of their voice that will chase out the devil. Look, I believe in loud praying too. I pray loud. Praise God. But that's not what is going to chase out the devil. Praise God. There isn't a verse in the entire scripture that says this. Praise God. In some time ago, I remember Christians have done different things in times past. In the 70s, in the 80s, some will go on mountain tops and say, you know, when they are in a, on a mountain, they are closer to the heavens. So their warfare can be greater there. If you want to go to the mountain because it's a solitary place, that's good. But there's nothing to do with elevation there. Some people will go on top of skyscrapers and say the devil can hear them well there. No, that's not correct. Praise God. Look at the Bible again in Acts 4.31. After Peter and John and other believers had prayed, the Bible says the place was shaking where they were assembled together. Praise God. Some people get excited when they are shaking, when they are praying and shaking. Why don't you let the building shake first before you start shaking? Amen. Praise the Lord. I hope you have been blessed today with just these two words. Praise God. I'm trusting God that these words will resonate in your heart, in your spirit, that you will take your authority as a believer to a next level. First of all, to know that you exercise your authority over demons and not humans, not human will. Amen? And secondly, you learn true warfare. True warfare is go to God and talk to God first. Talk to God first. Don't go and talk about the problem and all that. No. Exalt God above it. You can just say, oh, by the way, this situation. You go to warfare exalting God. Look at the biblical pattern. I just showed you. When the, the rulers of the days came to threaten the apostles, this was what they did. They exalted God. And you can see when they prayed, you could see God moved over the situation. I see God move over situations in your life, in your home, in your family, the current challenges you are going through as you exercise your God-given authority. Employ this strategy of taking time to talk to God. Don't talk the problem. Don't talk the situation and circumstance. Just talk to God. Talk to God there. Exalt your God. Magnify him. Give him glory. Give him praise. Bless his holy name. Exalt him. Minister to him. And you will see your God come through for you. You will get instructions. And that's the best kind of warfare I see. The one that you have told it to God, you have exalted God, you've mentioned it in his ears, and he tells you exactly what to do. 
you know victory is round the corner for you. I give God the glory and praise. I trust you have been blessed tonight. Come on, let's appreciate him in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. That's believer's authority. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. and Bible study every Friday, 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.